broadband internet service providers in real simple syndication are proud to bring you Carlin and Jordan's most excellent movie night. Well, I don't really know if I should say thank you for listening to this episode of Carlin and Jordan's most excellent movie night. That over there is Carlin. And that who said things very um, angrily is Jordan. Yeah, you, you, you thought that Only God Forgives was going to be a, a bit of an argument time frame? Well, we've got a great one for you today. Yes, today's selection was the 2006 um, musical kids film, High School Musical the Movie. Um, and yes, this kind of is payback for Only God Forgives. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. I didn't want to say it prior to you watching it. But it kind of was my idea for payback for Only God Forgives. Because I feel like we had we had been trading, you know, bad on your side, bad on my side for a while. And I feel like Only God Forgives left you with a little more than me. So I was like, let me even this out. Actually, I may have gone a little too far on this one, though. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Jordan's having a reaction to talking about oh. this film. But let me give you let me give you the real reason that I chose High School Musical. I did it because we try to hit every genre. I realized we have not done any musicals. Right. And on top of that, it's been a while since we've done a family-friendly or kids film. Yeah. We yeah. did The Emperor's New Groove. That was a while back. And so I was thinking about that, and I'm like, well, I wonder if there's any way to take care of two at once. Right. And that's when I saw a high school musical available on Netflix and I was like, perfect, we can just do that. I didn't, you know, I was I was assuming I would probably really hate the film um because it just doesn't seem like my thing. Um I will say it wasn't it wasn't a good film, but you have to look at it from the right perspective right. and it's not for adults. No, it's not. Uh, honestly, the way that I thought of this film was that it was the um, to compare it to a film that we've talked about previously, um, and a film that that uh, is classic within our our age range, it was the Spork and Napoleon Dynamite for eight year olds. You know, because mm, that's a stretch. No, well, because I mean, think about it. You start off with with people who are outsiders, mm -hmm. like especially especially uh, uh, the the girl character. Um, Gabriella, she's an outsider, but then she's embraced by the school and comes into her own based off of a performance, a musical performance at the end of the, of the story. Just like in Napoleon Dynamite, when Napoleon Dynamite become, goes from his incredibly, incredible dweeb outcast status to coolest thing in the world when he shows off how he can hip hop dance. And then in Spork, Spork does the same thing when she shows off how she can dance as well. That's true. And also, um, which is very interesting because there is another character in the film who is overweight and says that she has always wanted to be a hip-hop dancer. Yeah. So it almost was a reference to that outsider character who wanted to, to dance but wasn't allowed to by, the, by what society said they could do. See, and, and here's the thing. That, that's a... That's great stuff to point out, really is, and that proves that there there's stuff to talk about with this film because 
I, I had texted Jordan about actually I feel like I should bring up like the actual text conversation oh my of what happened with this film because originally I texted him with he texted me with his picks and then I texted him with my picks uh, my one pick and uh, you know I said High School Musical and he was like no and I was <laughs> like yes to be fair I, I also am the one who, who takes uh, care of the, uh, the fan selection spreadsheet so yeah. yeah, so one pick was mine, one pick was for the fan selection. Right, and when I said High School Musical, he was very much like, no, and I was like, well, we're just going to do this. Yeah, well, I was I was trying to imitate with that one the um, the Darth Vader scream at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where he finds out <laughs> that Padme is dead. Yeah, exactly. So. No! So, after watching High School Musical myself, I texted Jordan and said, just watch High School Musical last night. Please hide all sharp objects from yourself before you watch it. <laughs> yeah, at this point, my day couldn't have gone any worse because I was standing in the DMV. Right. So, <laughs> Well, but then at that point, Jordan texted me back and said, is there actually enough to talk about with the film? Yeah. To which I assume he was hoping I would say, no, we should pick another film. To which I just said, yes, there is, and we're doing it. So, I, Yeah, I was with Jackie, uh, my girlfriend, and, and I, I told her, yeah, he... Carlin's really set on High School Musical, and she's like, "Does he want you to suffer?" <laughs> kind so, of. Yeah. Well, thank you. The other thing, though, too, is I think it's it's, and I do this with my with my beer podcast as well. I think audience members kind of like it when you suffer a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's I'm, funny. It, it, the thing is that when we're critical of something, then we have something that we can you know, really get animated about it. Right, right. I mean, the first film that we were really critical about on the, the Hunger podcast, Games. Yeah, The Hunger Games. That was one of our... our massive turd. Yeah, that was one of our most enjoyable episodes because yeah. we were able to talk about, oh, this was awful, this was awful, and everything. And sometimes it's just a, it's just good to unload the suck. It's kind of a cathartic <laughs> experience. Well, and it points out that, you know, I feel like for this podcast we can't just always review good, mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. films. Because that's not true of what's out there. It's much like, I, I keep talking about it, but my beer podcast, we try beers blind, and we have a lot that we don't like. And, right. and that's what's out on the market. There are a lot of bad beers. And, there, there's, and with film, it's the same thing. Here's something that we should say right off the bat. It's great to love film. It's great to hate film. It's great yeah. to have your own personal taste. And right. what we're doing, obviously, we're jaded because we have our own personal um, per- proclivities towards film. Like, Carlin enjoys the the horror film. I enjoy the noir and historical thriller and the science fiction film. So so we do have our own preferences that we're bringing to the table, which is one of the reasons why we rely so heavily on the re- the requests of listeners and friends... To make us step outside right, of our comfort because, zone with films. Because, honestly, the films that we watch, because someone suggested, to it, suggested it to us... Those tend to be more rewarding than the ones that we pick for ourselves. Perfect example, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yes. That's a film I probably would have never watched on my own, but man, am I so glad that it was requested because that's now one of my favorite films, I'd say. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like top 10 maybe, but like top 20, top 30, something like that. I mean, I look back at it and I actually will talk to people about it and say, you know what's an amazing film you should see if you like Westerns? Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, we we are today talking about High School Musical. Yes. You know what? I actually do think that this is our very first made-for-TV movie. 
Oh, it was made for TV. It was made for okay. TV. Okay, I wasn't 100% sure on that, which makes sense why I wrote down when I started watching it, God, it looks like it's made for TV. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's definite so, made for TV look and yeah, feel. Yeah, so it's not shot on film. It was shot on tape, so it, it okay. does have that look there to it. There you go. Um, and also, you can tell because it has commercial breaks in it. How does it? Yeah. I didn't really notice. Like, every time it fades to black, that's a commercial break. Oh, okay. I thought they just like fading to black. No, no, no. It's not a stylistic choice. It's a choice of format. Well, let's give the uh, the normal breakdown sure. of this film. So, like you said, this is a 2006 movie. Um, and, well, or, or production. And, and it's not true that this is... Well, okay. Equilibrium was a film that was originally intended for theatrical release but then was put out on DVD. It, it, it had a limited run. So it's not like we haven't done something, a film that hasn't hit the theater before, but this is the first one intended specifically for a television market. Um, so the Netflix summary, in this family-friendly hit, a jock and a brainy new girl defy their friends' expectations by choosing the school musical over their usual pursuit, which is not true. Because they they they, they engage the others they, as well. They they have their cake and they eat it too. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. It just goes to show how I'm always complaining about the, the accuracy of the Netflix summary. Right. Um, but this film was successful enough for the Disney Channel that they chose to pursue at least two different sequels. Uh, the, and, and I may choose those as my picks in the future. <laughs> Jordan's trying to fight back vomit. Coffee helps. Uh, the first one is High School Musical 2. Very original in its title. And the second one is High School Musical 3, Senior Year. So, unless they decide to to like move up to College Glee Club, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, the film was actually directed by a guy named Kenny Ortega. Uh, he's been around for a long time. Uh, most of his work has been in television and everything like that. Um, he did some Ally McBeal, some Gilmore Girls. So he does have a particular kind of audience that he's known for working for. He did some actual films, though, too. He did. He did This Is It, which is the Michael Jackson film that was released posthumously. Pos- posthumously. I'll yes. get that word event right. You, you got it. Yeah. Uh, and then he, back in the '90s, he did more actual film work, like fictional film work with Hocus Pocus, which was a good like Halloween themed kids film, right? And also um, something, one movie that my friends always talk about, um, but I haven't yet seen Newsies. Oh, you haven't seen Newsies? No, I haven't. Well, seen here's Newsies. the here's the funny thing. Um, I was, you know, I started High School Musical watching it, and I'm writing down the information about Kenny Ortega on my piece of paper, and I see what he's done before, and Newsies came up, and I'm like, ah, damn it, I should have just picked Newsies, because that's a musical, and it's, you know, for that age range. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Uh, and it was funny that you brought up Equilibrium before, because Mm -hmm. Christian Bale is in Newsies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's actually kind of what made me think of Equilibrium. Um, but so the actors uh, for this film, uh, keep in mind that this is a 2006 film. Uh, so I'm going to also mention the, the age of the actors when they were born and how they how old they are currently, just to give you an idea of where they were. Just to make people feel old. Right, exactly. Um, 
You have Zac Efron, uh, who was playing Troy Bolton. He was born, born in 1987, so he's currently now 26 years old. Um, I went on to timeanddate.com and, and actually <laughs> figured out the exact age for everybody. Uh, some films that he's been in uh, include That Awkward Moment, which kind of describes his career. Um, <laughs> the Lorax, uh, which was... Did you see The Lorax? Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I don't know. I didn't like it. I, Personally. I, I was okay with it. I thought it was pretty good. I wasn't... I, f- I wouldn't watch it again. I felt like they, they deviated too much from the actual Dr. Seuss stories. They did. And they tried to make it almost an anti, anti-media movie in certain regards. Like an anti... Um, against big corporations. Yet it's a big corporation that's making the movie. Right. You know, so that to me in, in and of itself gets a little hypocritical. And then he's also uh, in with... A movie with Matthew McConaughey, uh, The Paperboy. So those are some of the roles. Is that, that he's based done. on the old video game? I'm not sure if it was or not. <laughs> no. Probably not. That's a joke. Yes. That would be the most boring movie ever. <laughs> you just like filming a guy just riding on his bike, throwing newspapers the whole time. An hour and a half yeah. of just that. I don't know. I mean, I could. Uh, that would be more visually interesting oh. than High School Musical. Uh, I do want to point out real quick, Zac Efron, if you look at all the films he's done, he started out doing obviously a lot of young yeah. young films, mm-hmm. uh, stuff geared towards kids, but with that awkward moment, that was the first film where he's starting to do little raunchier roles, more serious like R-rated stuff, yeah. and he's going to be in the film coming out called Neighbors with Seth Rogen that is definitely going to be like a hard R. Yeah. Um, so... He's at that point right now where he's making the transition to be taken a little more seriously. Yeah, this is this is the point in his career where he can either he he can either become a a, a very well known star like Christian Bale, mm-hmm. or he can take the road of um, Shia LaBeouf and and Haley Joel Osment, who still get work, but they're not as well known as they were when they were children. Yeah, um, I kind of view him as wanting to go kind of the root of Justin Timberlake and go from like you know because Timberlake was he was, a, was he in was a, NSYNC yeah. and he was viewed as like oh he's this teen heartthrob but like, wasn't he one of the Mouseketeers as well yes a, as well a, but then he made that transition when he started working with like Andy Samberg and doing very inappropriate songs like Dick in a Box and Mother Lover which are hilarious and he's become like a favorite of grown-ups now because they're like oh this guy who was like in this you know teeny bopper group uh is now like he's a funny guy like he's trying to be raunchy and you know he's also transitioned very well to to serious acting roles as well with his social network yes so i think that zach efron's kind of trying to do the same trying to do a similar idea there yeah um vanessa hudgens played gabriella montez she sucks She's a bad actress. Actually, I don't think anyone did a really great job. No, the acting in this movie was not. It was. It, it was, was really bad. It was on par with like the Air Buddies, the 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 Golden Retriever Disney franchise. Yeah, yeah. The uh, acting, it, it was bad. Yeah, um, and I've seen a lot of those because I have a ten-year-old sister. Actually, who there loves Golden Retrievers. There were keep keep talking, and then I'll tell you there were two people that I actually thought did did a. Pretty good, Pretty good job. job for what they had. Actually, three people. Yeah. Three people. 
Um, well, Vanessa Hudgens has kind of gone the opposite way with her film, like her film career. She's done like High School Musical two and High School Musical three, obviously, but she's also done films like uh, The Frozen Ground. She also has really branched off into. You were talking about Zach Zac Efron, really getting his first R-rated film. Well, she was in Machete Kills. Which, oh, nice. Yeah, and she was also in a, a, a film called Spring Breakers. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's streaming for free on Amazon Prime. Uh, basically, a bunch of girls go to Tijuana for a vacation, and they run out of money, so they decide to start robbing stores. Hmm. So she she she's completely tried to break away from the the soft girl image yeah. that's included with the Disney live-action roles. You know, I think that a lot of Disney actors and actresses tend to try to do that. I mean, look at Miley Cyrus, right. obviously. Yes. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I, I don't want to look at that, but yes. No, I don't. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going. You're right, exactly. Uh, and then uh, another character, uh, another actress who played a significant role in the film was Ashley Tisdale. Um, and she's... She, w- she was one that I thought did a good job for what, for what was it was, written. and she, and the thing is that with this kind of acting, you do have to be somewhat overstated. Children's yes. the, the conventions of of children's entertainment is that everything is overstated, right? Um, and she did a good job with what she had to do as Sharpay Evans, the drama the drama club diva. Yes, uh, it was awkward that she was paired up with her brother. Yeah, and. The, yeah, and her well, her brother was just a, a a character who seemed rather unintelligent. Yeah, but the I don't know, there were like undertones of like incestuousness mm. there. I, I don't know. I didn't. Well, that's a little again, uncomfortable. You're, coming you're, from you're reading it. You're reading it into reading into it as Carlin, the yeah, guy who likes horror twisted <laughs> movies. Um, actually, I wonder could you could you recast the High School Musical as a horror film? We'll have to talk about this in a few minutes. Yeah, you definitely could. Yeah, I, actually, I would love. It love to see that done but Ashley Tisdale um, most of her work has been uh, animated work uh, voice work she's been a, a, a big part of the Kim Possible fa- franchise uh, also on Disney and then also one that uh, is a cult favorite amongst even my grown up friends Phineas and Ferb okay yeah so she does a lot of she does a lot of um, a lot of voice work for, for programs like that uh, but she was also in Donnie Darko as one what? of yeah. yeah was she one of the sparkle motion girls uh, she was um, in the credits that I found on IMDB she was credited I believe as the nerdy girl oh, okay. either the nerdy girl or the dorky girl hmm. so I have to like go back and watch it and see if I can pick her out from the crowd because it sounds like it was a bit raw wow. um, well she was part of a very big cult film yeah yeah so that's good so um, let's go ahead and talk about musicals that you could have selected, or uh, well, first of all, I just wanted to tell the other two actors that I thought did a did a good job for what they were given. Okay. Um, actually, the guy who played Sharpay or uh, played Ashley Tisdale's brother in it um, was the character of Ryan Evans, Lucas Grabeel. I think he did a good job with what he was supposed to do. And you know what? I feel like he was one of the only ones who actually did his own singing. Yes, that too, because you could tell everyone else. It was horribly lip-synced. Yeah, the lip-syncing um, was awful. And the last person I thought actually did a really good job was Alessia Rulin, 
Uh, she played Kelsey Nielsen, the person who was supposed to have been the composer of the musical. Right. That was yeah, she actually. I thought she did a good job. I was thinking at the end of the movie that it would have been a much more interesting story from her perspective. Yes. Than it was from the perspective of uh, Gabriella and Troy. Yeah. So let's talk about the films I could have chosen. You could have chosen so many good films. <laughs> um, if you wanted something for children that was also a musical, you could have chosen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You could have chosen The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, okay. I thought about doing The Nightmare Before Christmas, but here's the thing. I didn't want to be pigeonholed as the horror guy. As the horror guy. That's the easy pick for me, and I really like that film, and maybe eventually we'll do it, but I view that as a horror pick as well. Yeah. So if I chose that, then we would have to wait for another horror film, and I want to pick another horror film soon. Well, that that is Jackie's official favorite film. It's great. So I... I uh, I, I'm thinking that we're probably going to be doing that as a fan selection in the future. So don't worry, that one's already covered. Um, we do. You also had the option of choosing some more classic musicals and more at grown-ups, or adults, I guess you could say, such as Grease, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, There's No Business Like Show Business, The Pirates of Penzance, which I've actually been considering for a while uh, as an option. Uh, and then Cannibal the Musical. <laughs> we should do that. Yeah. One. yeah. yeah. And I've then, been wanting to see that. And then if you want something a little bit more on the um, stream of consciousness side, there's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band mm-hmm. is now on Netflix streaming, as is for a modern, much-loved musical, Rent. So right. all I of thought these about, suggestions. Here's the thing. I thought about doing Rent as well. There are plenty of those that I did think about. Yes. But ultimately, I wanted to take care of kids film and musical at the same time. There were a few of those that you threw out that I did not see or look at. Um, but I, hey, I went with it. It's yeah. a film. And part of me was like, I think it would be funny if we did High School Musical. And it was kind of... Like, I knew you were not going to be happy with it. I knew I was not going to be happy with it. But I felt like we should just do it just to do it and see how it pans out. So we will see how it pans out. <laughs> you know? And it's funny that you that one of the ones you brought up was Grease. Because while I was watching this film, I wrote down, this is a much worse version of Grease. Yes. It is exactly the... That kind of story. It is the same formula as Grease. They probably actually watched Grease and then created a script based on Grease, but made it like more for more kid kids. friendly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So if you want to watch High School Musical and then watch Grease or vice versa, you will see they are very similar. Very similar indeed. Yeah. So, uh, your thoughts on on the film when it started out? How did you feel? It felt too rushed. Honestly. Correct. Uh, it, on it, well, here's the deal. It just jumps into stuff. It, it just jumps into it. it, it there's like, it's rushed. Um, they cram as much as they can into the into the running time, which is only what? Like an hour and a half, maybe uh, uh, 110 minutes at the most. Um, but it really feels like they try and, and get as much bang for their buck in terms of the the ground that the story covers right um and also it it doesn't feel realistic because it doesn't set up the characters very well all you see the first shots of the characters that you see is gabriella reading a book and troy playing basketball with his dad they don't even really set up that it's they're on vacation right right and 
which was pretty funny and confusing because Rebecca was watching, my wife Rebecca was watching it with me as well, and she fell asleep part of the way through it. Good for you, uh, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, she did. She fell asleep. Which it was funny because when she eventually woke up, I tricked her and I was just like, you missed it. It was actually really good. It finished like amazing. It's like one of the best films. And she's like, yeah, right. And I was like, yeah, I, it's fine that she fell asleep. Yes. But anyway, um, we were watching the, the beginning portion and then like things are going on and then they step outside and I'm like, I said, I was like, is that, are they at a ski lodge? Yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's they, like what they've got an indoor basketball court at a ski lodge. That doesn't hey. make, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but one of the things that really hit me in the beginning of the film was you know they're showing Gabriella with her book, and then they're showing Troy playing basketball, and I was like, really, we're using these stereotypes. We're really doing this. Like, okay, you know Disney, you are a a franchise that that kids go to. Why? A lot of adults go to Disney as well. Yes, very true. Why are we still using these tired stereotypes from the perspective of they're tired and they're boring, but also from the perspective of if you keep hammering these stereotypes onto kids, right. they're going to use them. Yeah, but you know what's amazing is that it does kind of it does bend the stereotype a little bit because yes, Girls are perceived as being more interested in reading. Guys are more interested in sports. Right. But the stereotype is that girls are not at all interested in the maths and science. Right. But so it does buck that. It does bit. buck that a little bit, but not enough to really... And you know, the funny thing is, um, just in our own family, I was the, the one who wanted to do the like the liberal arts stuff. Like, Well, that's not true. My, um, my sisters were into history and everything like that. But one of my sisters worked professionally as a math tutor for a long time, you know, and um, I was the one who was, like, always involved in, the mu- in like, m- music degree stuff and um, audio production, you know, the more arts-oriented stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I considered actually going to school um, for, a, for a, a liberal arts degree in, in painting and drawing and stuff like that. At one point. So that stereotype is not true, you know, because right. there are plenty of guys who enjoy the, the the more artistic side of things. And I'm horrible at sports. Absolutely horrible at sports. Um, I, I, I was the designated bench warmer all the times I played basketball in, in high school. You know, Me so, too. Yeah. Right. Don't worry. Yeah. I was there with you. So it was like I got to sit on the bench and maybe play for about maybe 30 seconds in the entire game. Right. Um, so, you know, that that stereotype is tired. It's frustrating. Yeah. And, and it, it's really giving kids a bad message of don't of do don't do what you want. My brother is 12 years old um, and he is a fantastic musician. Um, he's the first kid in his recital who got like um, like most you know people just clap out of politeness. But he was, he got the first actual enthusiastic, um... Uh, Non-lethargic right, clap. Cla- like, yeah, the ovation was actually meant when when he played. And he's only been playing the guitar f- with a teacher for about four or five months. Oh, wow. So, but, and he was also the only kid in the recital who sang. Hmm. So, he's very more musically oriented. He does enjoy sports. But, you know, he's that kid who loves music. 
So let's not let's not just pigeonhole people into it. And that's the thing. I mean, ultimately, with this film, it does have a, a positive message, mm-hmm. and that's good, and I applaud that, and that's what you expect from something from Disney. Right. You know, they're going to have a positive message with it. But you need to look at the film as a whole and realize what you're doing. You know, I know there's a positive message in the end, but what are you showing in the beginning? What You know, what are you... Um, unintentionally potentially doing, you know, by using these stereotypes. Because these kids will see it and they'll be like, oh yeah, do whatever you want, but at the same time they're seeing it as, well, you play basketball, so you're the, the popular jock, and you're reading a book, so you're the nerd. You know, you, you have to understand how kids' brains work. And it also it also shows um, the stereotype that children are being are forced into their parents' expectations for them. Yeah, that too. Which which is shown in the film. Very much that so. That happens with um, with Troy a lot, but at the same time, um, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous in the fact that, like, the way... Well, let's be honest. The way the grown-ups act in the, in the film, it's... I, I actually wrote down they're actually... The grown-ups are just there to say yes to the kids. To or be no. used. To just do whatever they want them to do. Except... Except Darbus. Well, no, but she is there to be the yes person for um, Sharpay. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, and They're just a vehicle to, to move the plot for the kids. Right. And the thing is that all of the all of the parents in the film are shown as being complete doofuses. Yeah, that and they're, they're one-dimensional. And like Darbus, you know, she's just like, she only thinks about acting and musicals and that's all she thinks about. And then Troy's dad, all he thinks about is basketball, basketball, basketball. Right. And the funny thing is, you know, there may be someone out out there like that, but I don't think you really have a basketball coach at high school level who thinks that that's the end-all, be-all. Because yeah. that's how this guy acts. Right. And he's trying to, like, relive the glory days of him being on that basketball team right. when he was in high school. Yeah. I mean, just put a gun in your mouth, dude. Like, that's, that's where this is... Yeah, well, and, and the thing is... Look, I don't actually endorse that, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. But here's the deal. if, And this is a common idea that's per- perpetrated in media, is that there's the idea that is perpetuated that high school is the apex of your life. You know, this is where everything is going well for you. You got, you get the girls, you know, you're... you're, you're um, slacking as much as you can, you know, there's no obligation and everything like that. And this dad, um, Troy's dad, is kind of perpetuating that idea because he's back at the school. He, at one point, tells his son, I really wish I could be putting on the, the, the uniform and going out and playing the ball with you. And his son looks at him and laughs and he goes, ha, you had your turn. <laughs> yeah, like, this kid's an ass. Yeah. He's like, ha-ha, your broken ge- dreams, I wipe my ass with them, Dad. Yeah. Well, and you know, here's the thing. His dad doesn't, it, it, it's implied that he plays at least college basketball. But right. he, he doesn't play, like, for the NBA or anything. So he goes back to school, the college, because that's like his entire, his entire world is basketball. And his entire world is high school, high school basketball, where he believes his apex in his life was. Sad. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sad. It's it's depressing. <laughs> God, I, you know, and it's funny because watching this this film from the perspective of an adult 
versus a child, you see things very differently. Yeah, I mean, a kid, a kid, here's the thing. I mean, like, an eight-year-old who watches this movie, they're just like, oh, my gosh, teenagers. Yeah. They're they're amazing. Yeah, that's that's kind of the end-all, be-all at one point. Right, right. I remember when I was, like, seven or eight years old, and um, we were living in South Carolina in the 80s, and it was, you know, you, you see, like, the kids going around, um, and that was when punk was really big. So you get the spiked mohawk look and, and the leather and everything like that. And it was like, these are completely different. It's a completely different species. I don't understand where this came from. Right. You know, so I can understand from a children's perspective, the idea of being really popular in school is something that, that can, that's the only social status that they have. Yeah. I will say that when I started watching this film, as soon as the first uh, song started, which is pretty early on, like probably within the first five minutes. Two minutes. Uh, okay, there you go. You, you counted. And why wouldn't you have? You also brought a list of all the films we could have watched. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, legitimately, I said out loud, and Rebecca could verify this, uh, as soon as that song started, I said I made a big mistake. <laughs> It's like Joe Bloop. I made a huge mistake. Yeah, but I will say, um, the as as well as it could, the film did get more engaging as it went on. It did. Uh, it was really rough in the beginning, well, like, and it's especially because, like Jordan was saying, they just jump into things. They just, and it's just like, what the hell is going on? Like I said, they they're shown playing basketball, reading a book, and then they're both of sets of parents are like, go to this party. So they yeah, go to the party. Like, Let's start singing for no reason. Of course, why don't we just start singing I mean, for I, no reason? I can understand karaoke at a party. That makes sense. Is that what it was? I don't even know. That that's what it was. Like it was, that's how confusing it was. It, it, yeah. I, the best I understand it, it was like a party for the kids during New Year's, and there was karaoke, and so they're like, "Well, we need a couple to sing," and they're like, "Well, there's no couples willing to sing," so they just shine the lights on two random kids. And it's Troy and Gabriella, yeah. and they're forced on stage. Nerd and jock sing. Exactly. You know, um, so, hey, now we're singing a song, and by the end of the song, it's like, oh, we're in love. Yeah, you I know. know. It, 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 yeah, because you <laughs> you sang a song with someone, you're in love. I mean, that's that's another thing. Like, you're, you're sending this message to kids that um, everything is superficial. But relationships are superficial, and, and that's fine. And also, it brings up the question, well, can, can there be a, a, a friendship between two people of the opposite gender that's going to, you know, that's not going to end up in being some kind of romantically charged situation? Right. You know, because, yeah, we, we could be friends if we just sang a song together, and I'm sure that there are plenty of people who are like that. You know, they, they participate in um, artistic or academic endeavors. They're good friends, but there's nothing there between them. Right, but films like this kind of reinforce the idea that there always will be something in between the, between people, even if it's not spoken of. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing with that with throughout this film, everybody's trying to get with somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that in high school, even like, their siblings. Dude, I think that Ryan and Sharpay were sleeping together. Like that's what it kind of seems like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But at, at any rate... And Darvis might have been involved in that, too. <laughs> you, I don't know. Who knows, man? But 
they, they definitely are, are just like everyone's trying to have a relationship. And I understand in high school that, you know, kids are hormonal, they're all looking for some sort of relationship. But there are definitely kids that are fine, like, being themselves and being by themselves. And when you're pushing in a film like this, everybody's looking to be with somebody. Everyone is with somebody, you know. Yeah. Once again, it's the message you're sending to these right. kids. Maybe not intentionally, but you are. And so, also, also, the thing is that if you send this message to kids, the ones who are not with somebody are automatically going to fundamentally think that there's something wrong with them. Right. You know, and, and true. probably, honestly, there's not something wrong with them. They just haven't matured into who they're going to be. Like we've mentioned before, you and I both felt like we didn't really come into our own until our late 20s at the earliest. So why are we forcing people who are 10 years younger, don't have a functioning, fully functioning brain yet, to, to make these kinds of decisions? Yeah. Well, and I, I legitimately did write down, you can even look to verify on yeah. my paper when I was watching. Towards the end of the film, I wrote, I'd like to see more movies like this focus on individuals and not couples. It encourages immature relationships that will dictate a kid's life events instead of making individual choices. Yes. So... And that's the thing. When you are so young, if you are trying to tie yourself to another individual, you don't have the ability to focus on yourself so much. Yeah. Because especially when what you're seeing in film is you want to be in a relationship, that's what makes you happy, like you need to be in a relationship, you're going to be willing to do whatever to kind of have a relationship and keep a relationship yeah. going. So you don't have the time to focus on what do you need at this point in your life to further whatever you want in life? Whatever you're going to end up wanting. Right. A career, just being happy, knowing who you are, yourself. Right. You know, whatever. If you're at that stage when your brain's not even fully developed and you're just pure emotion and that's all you... Your, your brain doesn't even function with logic. It's just right. all emotion. It's like, this is what I need now. Yeah. Um, you're, you're setting yourself yourself up for problems in the future. And that's why it's a big issue when you see kids in, like, middle school and high school who are just, like, jumping from, like, relationship to a relationship. They don't have time to be on their own, so they don't have the time to focus on their own actual needs. Yeah. And they don't have time to focus on figuring out who they are because they're always half of this organism that is a relationship, you know? Yeah, it's like, um, have you ever read the... Uh, the the cartoon strip, uh, the comic strip, Zits? Uh, yeah, a long time ago, though. Yeah. Um, there, uh, uh, comic strips were, like, my my art form that I loved for a long time. Um, and Zits was one of the best. Uh, it, it still probably is. I haven't I haven't checked in on it in a long time. But there, there's this, there's this um, whole thing in high school where the main character, Jeremy, is going through and he's seeing the world from the stereotypical 16-year-old's perspective um, where, you know, he's got a girlfriend who, who it's an on-and-off-again relationship. His best friend, Hector, is in a similar situation. But then there's this couple that they always refer to in, in like, the written dialogue balloons as Mitch and Amy. It's not Mitch and Amy. It's Mitch and Amy. It's all one word altogether. And they're shown, like, sitting in each other's laps just, like, wrapped around each other. You can't tell where one ends and the other begins. It's it's just a um it's an idea that you can't oh great. I turn on I like go to turn on my Kindle and it's an ad for Monster High. <laughs> 
How appropriate. Very appropriate. A oh, high school God. monster game. Oh. oh, there you go. No, it's a it's a it's a movie. Oh, uh, it's a movie. Yeah. Even better. Clawsome double feature. But anyway, let me get rid of it. Animated. Yeah. Oh god. It's gonna be horrible. <laughs> my, because you watched high school musical, <laughs> you would love this. My my ten year old sister has been shopping on my Amazon account apparently. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, warn her about high yeah. school musical and relationships. And well, no, all that. she she's more interested in the in the Airbuds, Air Buddies and Beverly Hill Chihuahua franchise. Oh, interesting dog movies. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Well, dogs, your favorite animals, right, yeah. Carl? I mean, fine, but yeah. <laughs> but um, I, okay. So here's the thing. High School Musical has a definite age range that they're they're trying to hit. Right. Every film has a target audience. Right. Would they successfully entertain their target audience? Yes. Yes, I believe they do. So on that yes. level, the film is a success. Quite successful. Yes. And Disney has definitely found a cash cow. Also, does it play as an actual high school performed musical? Yes. Yes. Oh my lord. So it is what it says it is basically. I mean, honestly, I really do believe that's a movie that high schools could take and perform on their own stages. Do we want to encourage that? No, but <laughs> not at all. But I'm just saying it could could be done. It could be done. It may be a sign of the apocalypse if it is done, oh, but God. it could be done is my point. The music, in my opinion, pretty forgettable. I mean, there was a little bit of catchiness to some of it. The best, the best music in the overall thing was the was the song that the high the, the basketball team performed, like at the very beginning. Oh my were, god! Actually, I thought that was the worst. No, with like no. The, <laughs> here, here's the terrible. Deal. This is this is why I found it to be interesting. Is because uh, they used the basketballs. The basketball, right. the shoes, the foley art right. became the music. Now the rest of the song was horrible, but that portion right. of it was okay. very clever and well done, in my opinion. Then I I can see what you're saying, and I I understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah, from the perspective of the actual singing and the lyrics. Oh, the song is horrible. I was just like these. The songs are stupidly simple. Like they're stupidly simple, and I understand you're shooting for a certain demographic, but. You can be a little smarter than that. Well, and also, a lot of the songs are really on the nose. Like the the song that Sharpay and her brother sing at the very end of the movie to tr at the um, the callbacks is all about how we're going to knock everybody out of our way so that we can be on top. And they they even literally climb of each other. Yeah, they can be on top. Of oh each my other. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they climb up a ladder to a disco ball. <laughs> yeah, you know, just just to show like like. It, just in case the lyrics of the song weren't weren't enough of a metaphor, right? You know, well, and also another thing that's that's on the nose with it is Sharpay. Her name is Sharpay. That is the type of dog saying she is a bitch. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and she does okay. So so she does a great job. Um, Ashley Tisdale does a great job of flouncing around. Looking horribly offended and looking at everything everybody else says. Right. You know, and what what's great is like when her and the and the brother character are wearing matching costumes, and I always found it interesting how like like they wore uh, the similar outfits, um, except she wore very scanty clothing. Um, they were they were similar in terms of like color design and everything like that, but she always wore like the the really short dresses. 
uh, really kind of flouncy material and everything like that. But her brother is always shown in a very conservative long sleeve shirt and long sleeve slacks and a hat. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, God, the lips, lip syncing. Really, the lip syncing. Really off. Let's talk about me. the limp, lips, limp. The, the, it was limp syncing. Lip syncing. The limp syncing. Truly. Uh, although I will, I will inject a positive to the music. Okay. Um, the choreography was not bad. I thought the choreography was pretty decent. The choreography, especially in the lunchroom song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was probably overall the best choreographed of the, mm-hmm. of the musical entertainment numbers. <laughs> He's using air, air quotes. quotes. Air quotes. Um, which, by the way, I wanted to tell you that uh, Kenny Ortega, the director, was also involved in some of the choreography. Maybe, so maybe this guy has—he's multi-talented, apparently. I mean, Jordan, Jordan's making faces and almost throwing up at the multi-talented uh, comment. Yeah. Um, I can you do choreography, Jordan? Yes. That's my point. No, you can't. Come on. I mean, for a film. <coughs> I'm just saying. I I co-wrote and orchestrated High School Musical two music for a film recently. Oh yeah, you did. Yes. That's true. So okay, Jordan's Jordan's famous. No, not really, but soon, soon, maybe. maybe I, don't I don't know. I mean, this film might take off. I might be asked to do other things. But but the thing is that I have been involved in in this kind of project before. So right. I mean, nothing on the on the level of a Disney made for TV movie, no. because I'm not that successful. But um, I I have done it. So I I do know a little bit about what goes into it and how much effort goes into making sure something comes off properly. Right. Um, but the limp sinking. The limp sinking, I'm not <laughs> going to take credit for. I, no, no. Um, but here, here's the thing. It does, the, when, when the character of Gabriella sang, it did not at all sound like Vanessa Hudgens no. was actually doing the ADR. Well, same with Zac Efron. No, no. Uh, I, I would love to hear what their actual natural singing voices sound like. Probably be kind of rough. It would be rough. Yeah. So well, rough. but here's the thing for me then: how, how with your budget, Disney, can you not find kids who can sing? Yeah, kids who can sing. Musketeers. I mean, it's not hard. Like, why are we putting people on the film? And and these people were pre- were like unknowns at that time anyway. Right. Like Zac Efron and Hudgens, whatever her first name is. Sorry, um, Vanessa. Vanessa Hudgens. There you go. They, they weren't known at this point. No. So you could have found other unknown kids who can sing and act. And, you, you know, like, it makes absolutely no sense to me why you'd just be like, okay, you're just going to act and be a face. And then we'll, you know, have you limp sync. And we'll put someone else's voice over you. It's just dumb. And on top of that, uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron did not perform well when they were acting in this. You either. know what? They don't have very good chemistry together. Well, but they don't have good chemistry on their own either. No, no, no. no, no. They, but their, their acting was bad. They're, yeah. Uh, it, well, uh, Vanessa was worse than than Zac Efron. You know, interestingly enough, Troy had more screen time in general than than Gabriella. Correct. Um, which which I don't know. Are they? What are they trying to say in terms of giving... Basketball's more important than science. I, I guess. Or are they trying to give little girls eye candy? I don't know. 
you know, because... Yeah, you know, honestly, I think that was one of the big selling points with this film. Because, think about it, how many guys, even at that younger level, were going to be like, I want to see High School Musical? Because I, musical, it has a stigma to it. It anyway. does. I mean... Guys are not really into... They're, they're not supposed to be into musicals unless they're things like... Manly musicals. Manly musicals. Like Repo, the Re- genetic opera. Well, I mean... Which I like. I, I, do enjoy, I do enjoy certain musicals. West Side Story is a fantastic musical, but it's a classic. I think Grease is really good. Yeah, classic Grease well. is, a, is a classic. Um, you know, a lot of the Rodgers and Hammerstein movies hold up fairly well for the time that they were made. Like, um, The King and I is a pretty good movie, just in general. Um, Oklahoma is not, though. I don't understand the hype behind Oklahoma. But but you do, you do have these movies that are good, and you can have intelligent musicals. Um, and then you can have things like are entertaining and can appeal to a wide demographic. My favorite musical is Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, okay. you know, it, still I've never seen it. I need to. I know, I know. Oh, I what we should to. do? We should take you to a midnight showing. No, no. Oh I my don't. god, oh, that's man. too much for me. Uh, I know there's fan participation, audience participation, all that. I won't make you strip down to your skivvies and I run can't, around the theater, but right. But that's the thing. Like, I think I need to watch it on my own first and decide if that's for me. Oh come on! It would be so fun to take you as a virgin. I got some of the people <laughs> to go at the office as virgins. It was hilarious. I can imagine. For a Halloween show, there were furries in the crowd. It was great. All right. So anyway. Know a little bit more about Jordan now? (laughs) I wasn't a furry. No, okay. Good to clarify. Yes, good to clarify. Um, But, you know, there are films, there are musicals that can appeal to a wider range of uh, demographics than than this one. I agree. And this one... Um, was very specifically, I think, aimed at a female target audience. Yes, you are correct. And one of the, one of the things that I wrote down when I was watching the film that I definitely have to bring up is filmmakers do know that when you're making a film for a young demographic, parents are probably going to have to watch it as well. So keep parents that in should mind. parents should watch it as yes, well. Yes, correct. Yes, that's very parents true. watch movies with, that your children are going to watch. Exactly because you are the you're you the gatekeeper. The, you are the gatekeeper for what goes into your children's mind. Exactly, and that's why it bothers me when everyone's like, "It's it's the movies and the video games that's making kids violent and all that." It's like, well, you're the parent, Here, so don't let them watch or play that. If your kid is seven years old, don't buy them a teen rated or a mature rated game. Yes, because they are not psychologically ready to handle that type yes. of thing. But we can come back to that tangent if we want to. But I just wanted to basically say. Filmmakers understand that with these types of films, parents are going to have to watch it. Yes. Good parents will watch it. Yes. And please give something for something them to for watch. Parents. Like, don't make them want to kill themselves when they're watching it. Um, because you you can make it enjoyable for everyone. I mean, look at the films like the Shrek movies. You know, there's yeah. stuff there for grown-ups. Right. Wreck-It Ralph. You know, a lot of stuff How like to Train that. Your Dragon. Yes, exactly. Like, there are kids' films that have things for adults, and you can do that. If you're a good filmmaker. A big musical that came out about six months ago, it's still all the rage, is Frozen. Correct. You know, um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but... I probably you know, will at some point, because Rebecca wants to see it. Yeah, well, and I that's mean, fine, I'll see it. Yeah, and, but the thing is that it's a movie that's intended for kids, but I know tons of adults who love that movie. 
Of course, after they see it 500 times, they're not as enamored. But (laughs) when their kid's like, Frozen? Frozen? Every single day they want to see it? It was kind of interesting, real quickly, to see some of the end nods that Disney threw in. Like, one of the characters actually says, To Infinity and Beyond. That bothered me. I was like, what a stupid reference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there weren't as many... uh, There weren't uh, many other Disney references to it, but that one was really standout, you know, because kids are getting off a bus and they're like, we're going to conquer high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which, what a nice high school, by the way. Oh my god, that, that gym was... The facilities were amazing. Everywhere in there yeah. and, I, and I was just looking at him like that's not a real high school my high school was a real high school and that that building was a piece of crap and actually not long after I graduated they, they tore it down tore the whole damn thing down see I was homeschooled so like this to me just makes me glad I missed the, the experience <laughs> you, you, because you were homeschooled you think that like actual school was just a, a musical well, I mean, every it's day like, it's like every time I go into like a school to attend one of my siblings um, like so- like they did indoor soccer last year, mm-hmm. and so I was I went to a lot of indoor soccer games on the weekends, and I'm like this is a dungeon, you know it's yeah. like it's like dreary on the inside. There's like brown tile everywhere. Oh, the lighting is dark. You should have seen my high school. Oh. Uh, depressing, very depressing. It's like I would have I would have killed myself in this environment. No, <laughs> again, not. <laughs> Don't not, do it. Not. Don't do oh it. Oh my gosh, we have. <laughs> this is getting dark. The high School Musical has now driven both Jordan and Carlin to talk about ending it. Yeah. <laughs> high School Musical, the prequel for Carlin and Jordan's suicides. <laughs> um, so one of the other things is I feel like Wildcats as a mascot are used a lot in kids' films. Yeah. Well, the thing is that it's non-offensive. That's true. You know, because you can't. You can't. You, there are a lot of there are a lot of school mascots that are fairly offensive. Like anyone that uses an, like Indians yeah. as a mascot. I mean, they're trying to fra- phase away from that. I mean, the Cleveland Indians don't even have the picture of the the Indian cartoon character that they had as their logo for a long time. Right. Now, now it's just a, um, a C for Cleveland. Right. You know. So they're they're trying to get away with that. The big controversy with the Redskins. Which, if you if you listen to Redskins fans, it's interesting because some of them will support it. Some of them say, "Yeah, they should move away from naming the team that." Yep. Um, so it's it's a very. I mean, the team sucks anyway, so shouldn't you want to rebrand? Right. I'm exactly. just saying. Exactly. I mean, I was like, start new. Like, take a take a message from like John Taffer for Bar Rescue. Like, he comes into failing bars and he's like. Uh, it's such a failure. You need to rebrand. You need to change. The, so by changing the name, yeah. you're starting new. Well, it's like in Hell, um, well, not Hell's Kitchen, but Kitchen Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah. Um, Gordon Ramsay does the same yep. thing with yep. a lot yep. of restaurants. He'll completely redecorate the restaurant before opening yeah, it up to exactly. the public again. Exactly. Um, oh, but uh, about the Wildcat thing, I was thinking about that, and I wrote that down. And I'm like, God, these Wildcats a lot. And then I started thinking about them, like, oh, my high school's mascot was Bobcat. It's basically the same thing. So like, hey, uh, the high school across the street from where my parents live is um, the Eagles. Um, the in the town where I live, it's the Warriors. You know, so there is that kind of, and then there's like the teams that want to be like the Spartans or you know, the Vikings or something like that, which again has some interesting overtones to it because. Pillaging doesn't seem to be a very sportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I might be mistaken, 
but if you look at it as every game is a story and one side has to win and the other side has to lose yeah. there's a lot of lamentation that goes on at the end of a, of a lot of organized sports events so as one of my high school teachers once told me um, always remember when taking over another country or a city or something the order is rape pillage then murder yes so because you want to make sure that they understand <laughs> how bad you've screwed them over which isn't that kind of crazy that that was a high school teacher of mine that told me that said that in yes. class yeah yeah um, uh, you know good old high school yeah good old high school good it old. was like a prison um, yeah. somewhat <laughs> no but, I, I had some decent times um one of the other big things I really wanted to bring up, and this is this is kind of interesting, when you're writing a script for something like this, how do you know if it's good for your demographic or if the script is terrible? I feel like that's hard to know. Well, I mean, they focus group a lot of it. Okay. They focus like oh, I was. I've actually been a part of focus groups for movies before. Really? Yeah. That would um, be fun. I'd love to do it, that. Well, it was really fun because what happened was. Um, it was a promotional through the radio station that I was working at for, uh, an, ironically enough, another Disney movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. On one of the first Di uh, Narnia movies that they did. Um, they gave promotional tickets to the radio station I was working to, working at, and on a Saturday morning, they were, um, they were having people come in, they were um, showing the movie at a local theater, and then they gave us all a survey to fill out. Interesting. So it was a lot of fun. It was a really interesting time frame. We got to see a free movie. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, like, I heard it was going on. Like, I found out the day that it was going on after I worked the midnight to six shift. My, my manager came in, and I'm like, oh, Dave, that really sounds like it would be a lot of fun. And he's like, oh, well, we've got some extra tickets. Here you go. So, I mean, Score. yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, I, my sister and I went. We tried to get some friends to go, but it was too too late they had already made plans so but from from my perspective if, if somebody asked you to write a screenplay yep. for a film like this couldn't you see it being really hard like when you write something and be like is that just awful or is that great for the demographic like it's hard it's hard to know because as an adult it's hard for you to understand like from a younger perspective what's fine and what's fun and what's right. cool because as an adult you look at it and you're like that's garbage like it's cliche and right. it's not interesting and it's overstated and stupid but then but they also have you know 60 years of film to go off of yeah that's true and they also have um the three act structure to know when to hit the beats and really it, it's about it's not about choosing an age range but for the individual that you're shooting for like in tar target demographic wise but the age range for this the story that you're trying to tell in the characters so you're like the problem is if you use like the three act structure where there's actually seven points that you're supposed to hit um the, then your starting problem for for zach is your starting point for zach is um zach is a kid who plays basketball then the immediate next point is Zach meets a girl who complicates his life. Right. You know, and then the end of Act One is he Zach decides that he's going to participate in a singing audition with this girl. 
So you see, they have yeah. they have a series of steps that they can walk through, and they do that for each character, and then they intermesh the st- the subplots of my dad. My dad doesn't understand that I like to sing as well as play basketball, with the the um, with the subplot of I don't want to be known as the nerdy math freak girl, you know. And then you add that all together, and you get your movie. Yeah. So, well, that pretty much wraps up the excruciating hour of torture known as High School Musicals review. Jordan, I would like you to take the lead on rating this film. Okay. Here, here is my assessment of the film. Unintelligible noises. Yes. Possession it was, noises. It was not well acted. No. It was not well choreographed. Well, I mean, some of the Chore- choreographing was, was decent. The ki- choreographing was was appropriate to the target audience. Uh, the script was um, sent through a regurgitator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also... Uh, regurgitron, the, the please. Reg- Disney Regurgitron 3000. Um, and also, like I said, we've seen so many other movies with this exact same plot that yeah. it's not even worth talking about. Um, I like how you just, like, <sighs> petered out there. You're just like, it's just not... Uh, <laughs> so, one star. So, one star, okay. Um, okay. So, obviously, this film is not meant for adults, but, like I said before, if you're a smart filmmaker, you can put stuff in right, for exactly. adults. So, the fact that it is only exclusively meant for children is right. a weakness of the script. Correct, it is. Because you have a lot of shows and movies nowadays, like I, I already pointed out some movies that, that do a good job of hitting all the demographics, um, you know, like the Shrek movies and, and Wreck-It Ralph, stuff like that. But there's also, you know, cartoons, TV shows that are on, like Adventure Time, um, Chowder, yeah. uh, from what I hear, the regular show, which I have yet to see any of a any of but you know cartoon network in, right in essence, right well adventure time is very good also star wars the clone wars was okay. a very good tv show there you go stuff like that yeah so anyway you can make it accessible for everyone and you know enjoyable for everyone right the music was stupidly simple um the beats to it were very un uninteresting um yeah jordan's over there just snapping his fingers uh I mean, it's it's like a metronome. I could. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Um, the acting, like Jordan said, is really bad. Um, there's a lot of stereotype usage, but the overall message is positive. It does play as an actual musical at a high school. It's a very um, meta. It has a meta aspect to that. Yes, as well. yes. Um, there's a good message ultimately. Um, there's some fun to be had there for that demographic. Overall, when you put yourself in in the mindset of a young individual mm-hmm. watching this who would enjoy a musical, um, I feel like that forces me to give it two stars. Okay. Um, I personally would not watch it again, um, but I may choose for the podcast High School Musical 2 and 3 just to see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> Jordan's getting mad. Um so, you have a very nice field outside. I will meet you outside with dueling pistols. <laughs> okay. Nice. And we'll go from there. Overall, one and a half stars for the podcast. Um, 
That's the that's the best we can do. Really, really, honestly. But we kind of knew that going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see what was going to happen. And I do think it is important. Like we said, it's important to not just do the good films, but do ones that we don't enjoy so much because we got to do our due diligence. We have to go through a lot of stuff. We got to go through the good, the bad, and the fugly. Yeah, and High School Musical, like Zac Efron at his age during this film, fugly. Yeah. Fugly. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know why he was like a heartthrob. He looks weird. I'm gonna be honest. He looks odd. Uh, I I can I couldn't tell you. Couldn't I, tell you. I feel like I was better looking in high school than him. That's probably saying a That's lot. Saying a lot. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Carlin and Jordan's most excellent movie night. Looks pretty much like we're out of time, so I uh, hope you have a good one. You've been listening to Carlin and Jordan's Most Excellent Movie Night. Our theme music was provided by Sweet Wave Audio. To find more royalty-free music for your own projects, check out sweetwaveaudio.co.uk. And special thanks to Ariana Ramos for her graphic design savvy helping us with our album art. Visit our website at mostexcellentmovienight.com to listen to other episodes, give us your opinion, and share with us other movies you'd like to have reviewed. You can also contact us through our email address most excellent movie night at gmail.com we would love to read them on the air also if you could rate and review the podcast on itunes we would be your friends for life for sure that's all for now thanks for listening to carlin and jordan's most excellent movie night where movies are most excellent this has been a nerd circle podcast production